0: And welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it.
1: Guys, today's episode is so good. I was on the edge of my seat listening to Taylor's experience with pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown on today's episode now. So Taylor had experienced shakes and jerks. For quite a while, that were hard to explain. When she'd see medical professionals, they weren't able to diagnose her because they weren't able to witness what she was explaining. After the birth of her firstborn, she experienced a seizure in her sleep, which again, no one witnessed. Taylor walks us through that experience and waking up, barely being able to move. She experienced her biggest seizure with the presence of her mum, thank God, who called an ambulance. Taylor came to with a room full of medics as she was being put onto a stretcher. After this seizure, she was diagnosed with myoclonic epilepsy. So that explains the jerks. They were diagnosed as myoclonic jerks. Taylor then talks us through the pregnancy and birth of her second baby Millie and how it was navigating the medical system after having a diagnosis of epilepsy. Taylor is huge on advocating for herself. If there's one thing you take away from this episode, is that you should just totally push for what you want. (laughs) She really wanted a calm water birth with no intervention, and after the epilepsy diagnosis, Taylor found out that medical professionals would really want to monitor and control the birth as much as possible. She dived into the research and reached out to her doula and her midwife, and didn't stop with just one no. She kept on pushing. Taylor was able to have an epic water birth, and her aim was to rewrite the rule book around pregnancy and birth with epilepsy. I'll put all Taylor's details in the show notes so you can follow her, but if you want to follow any of her pages, if you can remember this off the top of your head, her Instagram is at taylorgoalsworthy, which is T-A-Y-L-A-G-O-L-E-S-W-O-R-T-H-Y. She is also at Two Mums One Pod, that's her podcast. And Taylor's sleep page is at Two Mums sleep Co. Also, I want to thank anyone who takes the time to leave a written review on the podcast app by giving away a free bag of Ben's Buzz Break Nespresso Pod's coffee. All you need to do is leave a written review, then screenshot your review and send it to me in a message on Instagram at the post party project or you can email me the post party project at gmail.com now let's get into today's show <music>
0: Thank you so much for joining me today, Taylor. I am so excited to have you on. Like, I just love your energy following you on social media. And I know that you didn't have like the typical postpartum with your first. So I'm very excited to hear how that happened and then how everything's unfolded for you since. So thank you for joining me today.
2: Having me. I'm so excited. This is so fun. I'm so excited to share my journey because, yeah, like you said, it's not normal. And Mm. typical, well, I suppose what's normal with postpartum, but like it wasn't a typical whatever I would expect. So I'm excited to
0: share it with you today. Yes, definitely. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and who's in your family.
2: Oh my God. Okay. Where to start?
0: So um, I
2: have two little ones. So I have Logan who is three and Millie who is one. She'll be two in February. Um, And I have my beautiful husband, Maddie, and we live in Perth. I am a baby sleep consultant, which is so much fun and so rewarding Um, on the flip side to that as well I also have my own podcast which is so much fun but on the other side of all of that like not just being a mom I suppose yeah I'm a business owner which is freaking cool to say Um, yeah I feel like (laughs) so much it's like everyone always goes yeah I'm a mom of two. And like, that's that, but it's like, I'm more than a freaking mom, you know? Mm,
0: yeah. You have so many different epic things going on. Oh, so yes. <laughs> there's so much going on. So, much going on. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you kind of covered the next question. Like, what do you do? Like you have a lot going on. <laughs> you okay, do all that A
2: lot going on. So I am with together with my business partner. So we own Two Mums Sleep Co, which is a baby sleep consultant business, which has just been the most, yeah, it's just been beautiful. We launched in March um, and we also launched our podcast, Two Mums, One Pod, at the same similar time. Um, And both have just gone absolutely insane. Like absolutely, Mm -hmm. it's just been crazy. Um, I also um, dabble in marketing and PR. So I do that for Heidi Anderson, who I know you've had on the podcast before. She's absolutely amazing. Um, So, yeah, that's what I do. Like you said, I've got a lot of balls in the air.
0: It's hard to keep up sometimes, but I feel like I'm, feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. <laughs> like for me to hear all that as well, like I think to me it sounds super inspiring because I'm someone who loves to be creative as well, and I'm sure there yeah. might be a lot of mums listening right now to be like, how the hell did you get there and how the hell yeah. did you do it all? So, yeah, we'll maybe like we'll start from the beginning and how this all kind of came about. Yeah, of um, should we go through Logan first and then we'll go Millie next? We'll just yeah, do it sorry. chronologically.
2: Yeah. Cause Logan was pretty much the catalyst for my entire, like he, he was the not so typical postpartum and pregnancy journey. Um, so pretty much, so I was pregnant. I fell pregnant in 2019 um, and Logan was born. No, I fell pregnant in 2018. Logan was born 2019. Um, normal, absolutely normal pregnancy, no symptoms, like literally couldn't have asked for a better pregnancy. He um yeah it was doing beautifully everything was normal until I got to about my was my 36 week appointment at and I was going through the birth center with Logan so I had my beautiful midwife and I went for just a general 36 week checkup um and she did the measurement of my tummy and she was like, oh your tummy's measuring pretty small and I'm not a huge person like I'm, my husband isn't a basketball player like we're literally both you know, short people, I would say. <laughs> um, so, look, I wasn't, my midwife was like, I'm not worried, like, but we need to send you for a scan. I was like, okay, no worries. So we went for the scan um, and obviously that's at King Eddie's. So we went for the scan and we actually had a trainee Um. Ultrasound tech, and they did the scan, and they were like, I'm not sure what anyone's worried about. This scan is perfect. This baby is measuring like, like perfect measurements, everything like that. And then, so their teacher had to come in and do the checks. And she was like, This is this baby has stopped growing. And she's like, There's something. She's like, This baby is so off. Like, that just shows you how ultrasounds can be so wrong.
0: Wow. (laughs) Like,
2: like, in the space of five minutes, we were told everything is fine, and then we were told, No, everything is not fine. so pretty much we went on from there to she was like measuring everything and it just pretty much his stomach had stopped growing. Head was beyond normal size. Great for that. Love that. <laughs> um, I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, and they were measuring that his, so his tummy was small and I think his, like his legs I think were short. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, But definitely his tummy. So they said, we want to do an induction. We want to get him out. We want to kind of so we can monitor him on the outside. My midwife pretty much said to me, look, it's up to you. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want to do. Like, thank God for her. Um, I had also done hypnobirthing. So I kind of had that behind me where I was like, okay, I know I can ask. I know I can ask all these questions. I feel empowered enough to know what I'm doing and to know where I stand. so I did. I asked a lot of questions. I went back to my hypnobirthing coach, Kieran. She's absolutely beautiful. Um, I owe a lot to her and a lot to my midwife. Um, and I just asked a bunch of questions and I was like, what Like, what do I do? She was like, look, you have the control. You can say no. You can control the entire situation. So we came. Obviously, it was my first pregnancy, so I didn't know really what to expect with any of it. Um So I kind of said to her, at the end of the day, I said to my midwife, okay, look, I'm happy to have the induction, but I want it done with the induction methods I want. And I want it to be how I want to do it. And I don't want to be pushed into something I don't want to do. I knew I never wanted an epidural. I knew I never wanted any of that kind of stuff. So I was like, I really still want everyone to be on my side. I don't really want to be pushed into something I don't want to do. And she was like, no worries. She's like, I'm going to be there for you the entire time anyway. Let's do what you want to do. So I really kind of just didn't want the balloon that everyone says that they have and hate. Um, So I was like, I really just don't want that. So I elected for the, I think it was the tape, where they put the tape up under your cervix, like a little kind of tampony string, and it worked amazing. So my midwife actually did a stretch and sweep with me on that day. So when we went for that scan. So that was the Thursday and she did a stretch and sweep and she was like you're already like you're already dilated. She said something's already happening anyway. So by that point I think I was 37 and 2 or something like that. Um and then on they were like okay, we're happy for you. Like he's happy. He wasn't like I felt really confident that he was okay like I really didn't feel like there was anything wrong you know what I mean um so they were like okay you can go home come back on the weekend and we'll do your induction over the weekend so I was like okay cool that was great I felt like we kind of had time to prepare because when you're told all of a sudden okay you're having this baby now it's like whoa okay like mm-hmm. well all right but I'm not actually ready like what mm-hmm. am I gonna do Um, So we had the whole Friday to prepare. I had all of that to kind of get ready. (laughs) Um, And it was, yeah, it was really quite nice. So I got the whole Friday to prepare. Then Saturday morning, I actually went to the toilet Saturday morning and my mucus plug had all come out. And I was like, that's, I'm like Googling, is this normal? What is going on? (laughs) Um, And then when we got to the hospital, they checked me again and I was already three centimeters dilated. So Things had already naturally started, which I don't know if, and I mean, my midwife still says to this day, she's like, you would have probably gone into labor that weekend anyway, whether we helped it along or not. Um, They put the tape in and pretty much nothing happened until about, I was getting contractions, but nothing that I kind of was like, oh, that's, you know, whatever. Um, Until about, I think it was seven, seven seven-ish. So my husband and I ordered Uber Eats to kind of chill like let's order some food um and then I was like okay I'm gonna have a nap so it was seven o'clock I messaged a photo to (laughs) I messaged a photo to my best friend and I was like having a nap like nothing's happening like um and literally as I closed my eyes I had a gush in between my legs and I was like I think I just like either my waters broke or I peed myself Mm. I was like but I've been getting up to go to the toilet so I don't think I've lost like my continence or whatever (laughs) I I was like I don't think I've lost anything so I'm, I'm like, Maddie, I think my water's broke. He's like, no, nah, I don't think so. I'm like, no, I think they did. I was like, I've never been through this before, but I think they did. <laughs> All the midwives came in. They were like, okay, like we'll test it. Like they did the tests and whatever. And they were like, okay, yep. We, um we think it is your waters. Um, So we will just see how you go from here. Contractions from that moment, contractions just started. They just went from zero to a hundred really quick. So that was seven and o- seven o'clock. I honestly, I honestly don't remember what happened from then to kind of, I remember like bits and pieces. And then I remember getting moved to the birth suite and I had a horrible midwife who my husband told to leave. You need to get out because she was just so horrible. She just was not accommodating. She was not nice. She was not setting scenes. She wouldn't let me have a shower. She wouldn't let me do anything. And yeah, that was just, she was something else. Um, and so from then I pretty much, all I remember is walking to the birth suite i remember getting in the birth suite i remember my midwife being there i remember my mom getting there obviously maddie was there the whole time um and then i kind of remember all of these like i was pushing and then i remember all of a sudden my midwife going to me okay like taylor with i think we need to call some people in and i was like okay no worries like all right so i remember coming to I tried the gas. I remember trying the gas and I hated that. Vomited, was like, this is not a vibe. (laughs) So I had no pain relief apart from that one suck of the gas. Um, And my midwife was like, okay, Taylor, I'm just going to call some other people in. I'm going to call a doctor in. And then all of a sudden, like the room was full of like pediatricians, doctors, nurses, all of these. Like, oh my God, it was so overwhelming. I remember looking up at the doctor who was obviously like between my legs, checking everything out. And I remember saying to her, Am I having a cesarean? And she was like, no, 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 you're fine. And then I just went back into whatever zone I was in. Um, I ended up having a suction delivery. So they put the kiwi cup on Logan's head and like pulled him out with one of my pushes. But that was, so he was born at 11.55. So from seven, my water's breaking to 11.55 it was pretty quick. And like I said, I don't remember anything. He was in the NICU. He got rushed to the NICU for like, they put him on my chest for maybe like, I want to say like five seconds. And mm. I've got photos of me just like looking at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 yeah. like, because I just, I never had that feeling. I, it's so hard to say as well, because I never had that feeling of like overwhelmed, like, mm. oh my God, my baby. Oh my God. Like I didn't have that. Mm. I was just like, <laughs> what just happened? Like mm. there is a human here mm. now that I have to look after. <laughs> what the heck? Mm. Uh, it was very overwhelming. And then he got rushed off to the NICU. And I suppose that's where my postpartum journey begins, right? Mm. Um, so pretty much he rushed off to the NICU. Maddie rushed off to the NICU. Everyone cleared out of the room as quickly as they came rushing in. Like mm. it was just me, my mom and my midwife in that room, in that giant kind of birth suite, my midwife was cleaning stuff up and pretty much it was so quiet. And I remember it being like, literally again, like what the heck just happened? Because it felt so lonely and it felt, that was the first time that I was like, what, this is what mums go through. Like that's, that's weird and insane and like intense. And like, I know it's not, Obviously, typical that a baby gets rushed off as quickly like that or you don't get to spend that one-on-one time with your little one. But it it was a very weird situation to be put in. Um, and then my midwife pretty much said to me, okay, do you want to get up and have a shower? And I was like, so I just, like, get up now and, like,
1: Get on and, with it. <laughs> yeah, and I
2: just normal now. I'm like, does anyone, like, I just push a human out of my vagina. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to get, like, what? But I did. I just got up, had a shower. My mom helped me get dressed, and then my midwife was like, "Okay, do you like? Do you want to walk down and 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 pretty much meet your son?" And I'm like, mm.
0: "Sure." Did like, you like expect that he might be rushed to the NICU after the scans
2: no, and stuff? Or, not yeah. at all. Um, they obviously kind of said to us that he was going to be little. Again, we didn't know whether. So I don't know if he was in a bit of distress because his head got stuck. So that's what they had to use the Kiwi cup. So I don't know if he got a little bit distressed. He was, so he wasn't early. He was 37 and five by the time I gave birth. Um, But we didn't have any expectation. Like I didn't think that he was going to need to go to the NICU. I just thought he was going to be a little baby. Um, I just thought he was going to be, you know, small. Um, They rushed him off to the NICU. He was on the CPAP for a bit. So he couldn't, um, he wasn't breathing properly. So they rushed him off to the NICU for that. Um, his main reason that he stayed in the NICU for was because he couldn't suck. He didn't have that suck reflex, which is very common of of early bubs because that reflex doesn't come. Like that's like one of the last reflexes to kick in is that sucking reflex. So he was in there to kind of get that sucking reflex up. So we kind of, we walked down to the NICU and again, that was so weird that walk, like I'm literally like hobbling along, like Mm -hmm. what is going on? Like, that feeling no one can kind of even describe it I don't even think um and Maddie was down there with Logan um Maddie hadn't even held Logan yet like it was just very surreal so I think that was probably about maybe about 1 a.m or something like that that I finally got to go down and see him um it was so funny actually Logan almost got switched at birth (gasps) what (laughs) how (laughs) were born at the same time, Logan and another baby. Two, those both, those two babies got rushed to the NICU. When Maddie was like, Maddie didn't leave Logan's side the entire time coming down. Thank God he did go with him. Otherwise, honestly, I don't know what baby we would have right now. Um, <laughs> I can confirm he definitely is ours. He looks identical to my husband. Like I can guarantee you he's ours. Um, but the doctors were wheeling and because they like kind of transfer to the paediatricians in the in the um, hospital. Uh, in the NICU, sorry, and one of the doctors was like, "Is this baby such and such?" And the doctor's like, "Yeah, yeah, this is baby such and such." And Maddie's like, "No, no, no, that's not that's baby. That's not that, no, that's yeah. not that baby." Oh my and God. They're like, okay, so this is baby black, and Maddie's like, "No, like this is not that baby." Blood. And luckily, oh. Maddie was there; otherwise, literally, we, I would have gotten down to the NICU and gone. <laughs> that, that baby looks nothing like my son. <laughs> yeah. So lucky he was there. But when we went down, um, it, they everything had kind of chilled out a little bit. So he was in the like the warmer, the incubator thing to kind of help him get his body temp back up. But my midwife was like, okay, like, would you want to give him a cuddle? Do you want some skin to skin? And that's where my skin to skin kind of started Um They pretty much, yeah, everything just kind of started from there. My husband had a cuddle. They kind of kicked him out after that and was like, luckily the NICU you can stay as long as you want to. As a parent, you've got like access all the time if you want to. So he kind of didn't have to, but my midwife was like, look, go home, come back in the morning, get some sleep, like all of that stuff. My midwife, after I had a bunch of cuddles with Logan, didn't kind of want to leave him. Again, that feeling never really overtook me. Like I still was looking at this kid going, Mm-hmm. Who are you? Like, what <laughs> yeah. the heck? Um, so my midwife then took me back to the my room. So we're pretty much just waiting for them to give me a room. When we went back to the room, they kind of, so my midwife said to them, look, we don't want you to formula feed. We we, we, we really want to try and breastfeed. So please um, try and not offer formula if you can. Um, I didn't get the chance to actually um Express hand express before we went in. So there actually wasn't anything. So my midwife was like, okay, let's get hand expressing. So literally the weirdest experience. Actually, I think Maddie came back with me to the room because my midwife, I had my midwife on this side, my Maddie on this side, and they were both like just <laughs> pumping. Like yeah. Bloody cow. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is real. Like what the heck? This is so strange. Um, but my, um, my, my milk journey, my milk came in really quickly and we were getting like hand expressing, we were getting enough for full feeds for him to start with. So that was amazing. I never had to kind of, I think there was maybe one bottle of formula that they gave him in the NICU, but that was, yeah, that was pretty much rectified by me working on his feeding. Um, So yeah, that took a kind of a, a big, step to kind of go from nothing to something but his my milk came in really quickly um everything was beautiful they kind of wanted to discharge me from King Eddie's because I had no complications they wanted to keep him in the NICU but they wanted to discharge me thank god for the most amazing nurses that I had there the most amazing midwife like this one midwife she said No, like the whole Mm -hmm. reason that baby is in the NICU is to learn to suck. Like that is the reason. How do you expect him to learn to suck if you take the mum away? Like Mm. that's not going to work. So I was going down to the NICU every three hours to try breastfeeding, to give him everything I could, to all of that. Um, I ended up using a nipple shield, which worked really, really well. Um, He ended up spending two days in the NICU. And then he came in with me. Um, they still wanted to monitor him. So we actually got transferred to another bloody hospital. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I got transferred on day three and day three is like the hardest freaking day. Um, so I was crying. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. Um, so we got transferred to, yeah, we got transferred to Bentley Hospital the worst <laughs> I hated, I hated every single part of that I could not mm. wait to get out of there we kind of made a deal with them to be like okay we'll come like discharge me and I'll come back every single day for weight checks I'll come back every day for jaundice checks I'll come back for all of it mm. I'll come mm. back every minute if you need me yeah. I just want to freaking go home mm. um, they just discharged us and then from there postpartum was pretty smooth mm. until around about when was that? It was Father's Day, so it was probably about eight weeks. I think it was. I it was literally Father's Day. Maddie's first Father's Day. We were. I went out for breakfast with my dad, and I had this thing, and I'd always had this thing, and where. I have these things, what I call, what I can only describe as a shake, okay? So before pregnancy, before all of that, I was having these things. And I'd had them since I was probably about 17 or 18. Like I'd had them for a while. No doctor could figure out what they were. I couldn't show anyone without kind of, yeah, it was just so odd. Like it was not, I couldn't describe it to anyone. I'm going to try and describe it to you now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You can't see me, but yeah. Um, what it was is pretty much my whole like involuntary movements of my body so my muscles would twitch and it would be like my whole left arm would start to shake and it would be like twitching 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 and my head would twitch from my neck almost like if someone would were like pinching my nerve and it was like stuck on replay and it was like shaking right so I like your those, eye when your eye twitches when your eye twitches but, yeah but, but it was my whole top left half of my body right <laughs> yeah really stressful it would come with headaches with extreme exhaustion like it was just they were weird but they would happen at weird times I could never figure out what they were I could never explain what they were so they were happening on and off I couldn't really pinpoint it to this is like a, a trigger that made it happen right so They kind of, after I gave birth, they started happening again, which they didn't actually happen for my whole pregnancy. So that was so strange that they were starting again. And I said to mum, I'm like, these weird shakes are happening again. I'm like, it's so strange. Um, And the only thing I could kind of put it down to is that I was tired, right? That maybe that was what was causing it. And that was what was kind of going on. Um, But again, I had no explanation to it. They picked up again. And then it was Father's Day where I had a really big, like a really big episode, I suppose you could call it, um, where it just was not stopping. It was scary. It was, it was, I couldn't talk through them. Like it was, I was not in control of my own body. Like it was really kind of terrifying and we were sitting at Father's Day breakfast. It makes me really emotional to talk about now because Mm. back then I kind of just got on with it and I kind of just dealt with it. But now, I look back and I go, fuck, like that was huge. And I didn't process all of that. So now that I'm on the other side of it, I kind of processed it and it makes me really emotional because I go through it and I'm like, wow, you know, like that it it was huge. Mm. Um, And it was like a life-changing kind of moment in my life. Like it changed a lot for me. Um, So it was the first time that my family had actually seen it. I had a little newborn. We were at Father's Day breakfast, it was the first time that they had gone, wow, that's what you're talking about. That's bad. Like that's bad. And like I said, it was one of the worst ones that I'd ever had to the point where, and again, it's so hard to explain, but say I was having this conversation with you right now. It's almost like my mind would go blank. I'd be mid-conversation. I'd be trying to talk and trying to get words out, and you'd be watching me trying to kind of do it but nothing's coming out and the shakes are happening and it's scary. It's really, really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, So that was the first time my dad saw it. My dad was like, you need to go home now. You're not driving Logan home. I will drive you home. I will get you into bed. You need to You need to go home, okay? Mm-hmm. Maddie was out with his family at this stage. So it wasn't even, we weren't even together, me and Maddie. So I was out with my dad for, for his Father's Day. He drove me home. He kind of set Logan up, put me in bed, um, And I kind of don't remember the rest of it. I remember Logan had one of those like snuggle honey kind of the snuggle me organic kind of bed things. And he was lying in that. Luckily, he was a freaking good little sleeper. He fell asleep. I fell asleep on the couch because like I said, it makes me so exhausted. I have huge migraine when it's happening because your brain is like, Uh, in overdrive trying to figure out what the fuck is going on um and it's like it's so weird because i'm so aware of what's actually happening too but i also have no control over it so it's it's shit and like you're trying in your head to figure out and to catch up but you can't and it's scary It's, it's it's so scary um So I remember falling to sleep and all I remember is waking up to Logan crying. He was right next to me. I remember waking up to him crying and I went to lie, like I was on the couch and I went to lie, like sit up and I couldn't, I couldn't move. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, this is not normal. I could not sit up. I was in so much pain, excruciating pain all down my back, pretty much like I had run like a full marathon. Right, and so at that point, I was like, something isn't normal. Something's not right here. Like this is not mm. normal, right? <laughs> um. So finally, like, I grabbed my phone. I called my husband. I was like, you need to come home. I, mm. I, I can't get up to attend to Logan. Like, I physically cannot. And you know, us as moms, we just push mm. through. Like, we really through. So for me to say, like, you need, I need help. Like, I need you to come home now. Um, is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. It's really big. So I think I ended up maybe like pulling myself up and just like trying to shush him or trying to calm him as best as I could whilst being in excruciating pain. Um, Again, we had no idea that it was a seizure because nobody was there. So that was my very first big grand mal seizure that I, I, again, didn't even know it was at the time um, until the week after. So very similar thing happened. I went to a birthday, a first birthday party. So Maddie came home actually that first night, I should finish that. Mm -hmm. Maddie came home that, that night, attended to Logan. I went to bed and I slept for like, I think like 24 hours. I didn't eat. I didn't do anything. I literally, my body was just so fatigued and I was so exhausted and I just slept and I just slept and slept again,
0: not knowing what was going on. Yeah, did you go Um, to like the hospital or like a doctor's appointment?
2: No, so no, so then we, I didn't. Which, again, looking back in hindsight, I probably should have. But the reason I didn't was because, again, nobody knew what was going on. Nobody, I didn't have like even if I tried to explain it again, they would be like, "Well, that doesn't make like unless we can see it. When it doesn't, you know, you're fine now. It doesn't matter." Um. So it just there was never no one ever believed what I, what I had to say. Um, so it was so stressful. So I didn't, um, I kind of continued to have a lot of back pain after that. And I still do now. Um, so I don't know what, like, obviously it triggered something in, in my body that is not, not sitting right still to this day. Um, and then I, yeah, so I pretty much slept it off and went kind of back to normal, I suppose. Um, and then the week later. It was a week or so later. I can't remember if it was the week after or the week after that. Like it was not a not very long after. We had a first birthday. I went to that, took Logan again. Um, my husband wasn't with me, but that was okay. I went, I was with all white like, friends and stuff like that. My best friend, she was like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And she'd obviously been through the whole journey with me. Um, and she was like, you're doing that thing again. Her husband has epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So he, she kind of knows the background of it, but he doesn't get these shake things. So um, she kind of was like, you're doing, like, you can't even talk. You need to go home. Like it, it happened again where it was so severe. Um, she's like, you need to go home. You need to go home now and you need to just rest. And she's like, I'm worried about you. So I went home and my mum, we were living with my mum at the time because we were building this house. So my mum was home at that time and I was lying on the couch. She's like, you sleep. I'll look after Logan. Just chill, sleep, do what you need to do. I'll look after Logan. Thank God for that support because yeah, I don't know what I would have done if I was alone again. Mm. Um, And I came to, so I fell asleep. I came to with paramedics all around me. Mm. I came to with yeah, the the house was full of like there was a stretcher in front of me. I came to with a paramedic, like they were tapping my face. Logan, Maddie would like I could hear Logan in the background crying. I could hear Maddie trying to get stuff, like I don't even know what he was doing. My mum was saying, Taylor, 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 like are you like Taylor, talk to us, Taylor, talk to us. Like, oh my God. They injected something into my arm which stops the seizures. So this was the first time that someone had actually seen a full-blown seizure. Oh. And Thank God that someone did see it because if they didn't and it continued to happen while I was sleeping, which is very common for people to have nocturnal seizures where they only happen during sleep, which it sounds like similar to what I was having, Um, but thank God my mum saw it. So she pretty much, yeah, she pretty much called an ambulance. They came rushing pretty much on like priority one because seizures um stop the oxygen to your brain so if you're having a seizure for more than five minutes it can be life changing like it can be really really damaging um, because it stops yeah it's pretty much stops the way your brain is breathing um, so it's it's super duper scary. Um, oh my god! I, remember- I
0: feel so emotional hearing this. Like oh. I can't even believe you had a little baby, and all like as a yeah. mum, you're so protective of your baby, and you oh. being just so uncontrolled, like being able to just not control that must yeah. have just been so awful. Oh, it was horrible. I remember again. I don't remember a lot of it.
2: I don't remember the seizure. I remember the paramedics in the room giving me the anti seizure stuff. I remember. I don't remember getting put on the. Stretcher. I don't remember being in the ambulance. I remember going through the tunnel and because I got you get rushed to either um, Charlie's or Royal Perth. Um, so I got sent to Sir Charles Gardner. Um, I remember the lights in the tunnel and it's like flickering, flickering. And they kept asking me my name and kept asking me questions, but I was just in and out of consciousness. Like I was just not there really. I remember being in emergency on my own and I remember being sent off for a CT scan. Um then all of a sudden I remember Logan was on my boob. Like I'm like what like in the hospital. I'm like what is happening? Like what is actually going on? So luckily Maddie is such a champ. He packed breast milk he packed because I we hadn't used formula at that time. So he packed a bunch of frozen breast milk. I'm lucky that I had a great supply that I could I had a stash in the freezer going. But pretty much I kind of came to to the point where I could breastfeed him and I was breastfeeding. And then pretty much they said to me, all right, go home. Mm -hmm. They found nothing on the CT scan. They found nothing. They were like, just go home. Someone will follow up with you in a couple of weeks. And they sent off a referral for neurology at at, um, Royal Perth. Mm -hmm. So like... That was insane. Um, I got an appointment at Royal Perth like a week later and they pretty much said, we'll send you for an MRI, we'll send you for a seizure test where they pretty much flash all these freaking bright lights in your <laughs> eyes and see if you've got, because obviously light like, triggering epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, they took my licence off me. Um, mm-hmm. So they said you can't drive for six months. So
0: Whoa, with post- a baby. Party,
2: oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't drive for six months. Logan needed physio quite a lot so we went to physio once a week with logan i couldn't drive i couldn't take him to those appointments i couldn't go out and do a normal postpartum like i Mm. couldn't go to i couldn't i literally i had to stop i went to one mother's groups at my um at my with my child health nurse i went to one couldn't go anymore because Mm. i couldn't drive i couldn't get there um so that part of it was taken away from me um yeah, and then from there I suppose thank goodness, like I said before, Logan is a champ sleeper. From 10 weeks he slept through the night, which I don't know if he was he just knew what I needed. Like mm-hmm. that little champ, I honestly because once he started sleeping through, I was getting a good night's sleep. I was getting decent rest, so I was feeling refreshed. Um they started me on medication which I had to trial multiple different types of medication. Um, They pretty much, I had the MRI. They were like, nothing wrong with you. Like, your brain's fine, but they still pretty much cluster as epilepsy. And from that day, I've been treated for epilepsy, which then again kind of changed Millie's birth completely, Mm. um, which was, yeah.
0: so, what does that mean? Being treated for epilepsy if they couldn't find anything? Like, is that right. definitely yeah. what it is then, or like, well, is no, like it- so this is the thing. Mm.
2: Who knows? Like, they couldn't find anything on my MRI. They couldn't, like, I wasn't triggered by the lights. Um, so, what they kind of diagnosed me as is myoclonic epilepsy, which is um, pretty much the jerks that I was having. So, they're called myoclonic seizures. Um, so, they said that entire time that I was having those twitches and those shakes, they were seizures Mm -hmm. and they just weren't picked up or weren't, you know, they went undiagnosed. Um, So I had been having these seizures for so long. um, They went through my entire like medical history. They went through all my family's medical history. No one has um, history of of epilepsy. So it was very out of the blue. Um, You know, they normally put it down to like a, a head trauma or something like that, which I haven't had. Um, so there was kind of no reason, um, the research that I have done is, a is a whole lot different to what they've done. So what I've learned is that epilepsy can be hormonal, which kind of explains why I had nothing during pregnancy. And then the hormones, you know, of birth caused it to start again. Um, and I do find that around my period and stuff like that, I do get more kind of, symptoms almost Mm -hmm. like I get a little bit more you know a little bit of a headache so I do I really I'm lucky in the sense that I can sense when a seizure is coming because Mm -hmm. if I get those shakes if I start to get a headache if I start to feel really fatigued if I start to get kind of you know that kind of stuff I can I really really know when it's happening um so I can kind of chill out I kind of stop working I kind of try and tell my husband this is happening I don't want to do anything I need to chill out and normally a good night's sleep kind of resolves it um, but yeah, it's scary. It's really scary. And to kind of not know what or when or how it's happening or what's controlling it. I'm on medication, which has apparently helped. I mean, I haven't had a seizure since that big one. Thank goodness. Mm, good, um, good. I have had shake episodes, but again, once taking like my medication or something like that, it kind of subsides, um, but, yeah, it's been a freaking mm. journey, that's for sure. Um, and it didn't end. Like with Millie's, mm. it kind of started all over again.
0: So did you, um, did you have anxiety like going into Millie's pregnancy?
2: Yeah, so pretty much uh, if you talk to anyone who's got epilepsy and has had a baby, everything is very closely controlled by doctors and stuff like that because they tend to think that, unless you, if you are not medicated or, and I suppose a lot of it is because obviously pregnancy and birth and labor and all of that is so exhausting Mm -hmm. that quite a lot of the times, a lot of people get so fatigued during it that a seizure can be brought on because of that, that fatigue. So because of that, a lot of people that do have epilepsy are always Always, always, they have no other option but to birth in a hospital and to have an epidural and to be very, 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 very controlled. If not, they get told to have a C-section and schedule a C-section in. So for me, when I started doing research, we knew we wanted to um, try for Millie. When I started doing that research and stuff like that, I was like, that's not what I want. I don't want that. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to... I, I really wanted the birth that I missed out on with Logan, which was a nice, calm water birth, no intervention, nothing like that, a really beautiful water birth, right? Um, which, I mean, all births are beautiful, but that's I just really wanted what I missed out on the first time. Um, and hearing that that was probably not going to be an option was really shattering. Like that mm-hmm. really kind of, yeah, it really cut me deep because I was like, why, why, why? And it's just, it goes back to, again, like there is so many rules around birth that are set by people that aren't even birthing these babies. And it's like, well, it's my baby in my body and I trust my body and I know that I can do it and I've done it before. And if I had a normal birth with Logan and I did have epilepsy then that was not even medicated, why can't I do it again? right? Like I was just so, I was questioning everything and I was so, and I'm thankful that I did question everything. So again, I reached out to my hypnobirthing coach and I was like, Hey, I'm pregnant. This is what I want to do. This is where I'm at. This is where, like, what do you think I should do? What do you think I can do? I also reached out to a beautiful, um, doula here in Perth, Jessie. She's so lovely. We've built such a great relationship over just over Instagram. Like she's just the most beautiful woman. She spoke to me about all my rights and all of that kind of stuff, which was just amazing to have in my back pocket. Um and then I reached out to my same midwife that I had with Logan. And I said, Hey, I'm pregnant. I'm so lucky we built such a beautiful relationship again after Logan, like we were friends. Like we caught up multiple times. Like she just was part of my life now. Um, so I reached out to her, I said, Hey, I'm pregnant. Um, this is what I want to do. I would like to still birth with you. She'd moved to Fiona Stanley birth center, which had just opened after I found out I was pregnant with Millie. Um, So I was like, okay, what can we do? She's like, let's catch up. Let's go through it all. She's like, let's do what we can to get you help. And I was so determined to rewrite the narrative around pregnancy with epilepsy and giving birth with epilepsy that I would have done anything, I think. I would have kind of gone (laughs) and I asked so many questions and I, I just, yeah, I didn't stop at... One no. I just kind of kept pushing. So again, obviously everyone was like, you know, you're always gonna have to, you're gonna have to be controlled. It's gonna be this, it's gonna be that. No, you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, you should probably look into going private because that would be. And I am like, no, like shut up. Like, <laughs> leave me alone, let me do what I want to do. My husband was like, I will back you whatever you want to do, whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever you want to do. Do you want to get a private midwife? I was looking at private midwives to maybe birth at home, if that was the mm. option. Um, but I just wanted to be in control of my own birth. I suppose, I don't know, maybe because I wasn't in control with Logan and I didn't feel in control of any of the birth experience. It was kind of, yeah, taken away from me. So um, I just wanted to be in control. And I spoke to my midwife and she's like, let's just apply. She's like, why don't you just apply for the birth centre? We'll note down everything. We'll tell them everything and let's see what they say right? So she was like, I'll take on your case. She's like, I'll do everything. She's like, you can come and birth back with me, which was amazing. Um, she's like, but let's see what we can do. I'm like, great, right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. Um, so I'm so grateful to have her on my side. Cause she really advocated for me. Um, and she really kind of led the way, I suppose. Um, we had to go through multiple doctor's appointments at the hospital. Um, I had multiple checks of everything and pretty much it came down to one doctor that could have said no, could have said not, not about, not happening, not, not doing it. And she was so lovely. She was so beautiful. She ran through everything. She said, when was your last seizure? How was your last birth? What happened the last time? How do you feel now? When was your last shake thing? Like, what's your medication like? Like, she asked me 50 million questions. Um, and I suppose because in my mind, I was like, you know what? I haven't, I've been seizure-free for so long now mm-hmm. that I was like, I feel good. I feel good. Like, if I had had a seizure, if I was still not under control, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I, I agree with anything. And it wasn't, I wasn't questioning medical professionals. I wasn't, you know, at the end of the day, what they said to me was whatever they were going to say to me, but I was hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, they said to me, all right, you can birth in the birth center under a few conditions. So my acceptance into the birth center was conditional on the on the grounds that I didn't have another seizure. If I was to have another seizure, I would have to go and birth at the hospital. Um, I had to have growth scans. So I had to have, I think it was three extra scans than normal fine um I was like yep sure whatever I'll have the extra scans Mm -hmm. that's fine um and I had to have a really I had to have a longer anatomy scan so my 20-week scan had to go through a whole lot more than what it normally would um just to make sure everything was really really perfect Mm -hmm. with Millie um I agreed to all those terms I was like yep no worries let's do it awesome I'm happy with that um Went through all of that. Everything was beautiful. No hiccups. I had one hiccup where they thought Millie had something wrong with her umbilical cord, but that was resolved. Like there was, they just did another scan and it was resolved, and there was nothing wrong with that in the end. Um, I went on to have a very fast, very beautiful, very like I could, I can't think of having a more. Perfect birth than what I did with Millie. Almost gave birth to her on the side of the highway, but I Just yes, tell us, tell us, how did that yeah. happen? How I did you no it? <laughs> um, so, pretty much, I, so with Millie, my, how, how far along was I? It was so, it's funny. Millie was due on the 25th of Feb. And the whole time, everyone was like, you're going to give birth on, on Valentine's day. I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen on Valentine's day. I am, but I knew deep down it was going to happen on Valentine's day. Um, So it was literally midnight, literally midnight on <laughs> the of Millie. And I got up to go to the toilet, just like normal. And I laid back down in bed and I just had this gush of waters. And I was like, my water's just broke. I'm like hitting my husband. I'm like, my water's just broke. He's like, what? I'm like, my water's just broke. Get up. And he's like, he's like, what do you me to do? I'm like, you need to call the midwife. Hurry up. And he's like, fast asleep. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. So I called my midwife. She was on, um, she wasn't on duty at the time. So I got another midwife and she was like, it definitely sounds like your water. She's like, come into the hospital and I'll, I'll check you out and we'll see how you're going. Um, so we rushed into Fiona Stanley um, birth center and she was like, okay, yep. No contractions had started at that point. So I was like, I don't know, but my water's honest to God. I have with Logan, it was the tiniest bit with Millie. Oh my God, it didn't stop. It, like <laughs> I changed underwear and pads, like I'm not joking, like 14 times. My yeah. pants, like my car needed deep clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just kept leaking everywhere like this is insane um so that was a fun experience because I didn't kind of have a full explosion like that or I didn't go into spontaneous labor with Logan so that was really fun in itself um so she pretty much was like okay cool go home you've got 24 hours or something to go into natural labor. If, if contractions start, you've got all this time, blah, blah, blah. If they do start, awesome. If they don't, then you'll need to come back and we'll need to check to see what's going on. On the way home from the hospital, Maddie was like, oh, we'll just have to stop and get some petrol. I'm like, okay, whatever. This was like, I can't even remember the timing at this point. Um, not long. Like it was like 1.30 or 2 o'clock or something like that. He's like, we'll have to go and um, get some petrol. So we stopped. And I'm in the car and I'm like, ooh that feels like something i'm like hang on a minute that doesn't feel that feels a little bit different um so i was like oh, i'll just start timing them and seeing what's going on so my contractions started on the way home and then by the time i got home they were pretty consistent um my midwife had said just have some panadol and try and get some sleep i'm like okay sure took some panadol. <laughs> Panadol does not work. Like that's not a thing. (laughs) Um, Good on you if it did, but it did not do anything. Um, So I took two Panadol and I was like, I tried to lay down, but they were just getting really, like with every contraction, they were getting a lot more strong. And I was like, cool, this is actually happening out. This is Mm -hmm. exciting. It's happening. So, I had used some essential oils, which again, look, I don't know if this was what helped or whatever, um, but I used an, a like a Clary Sage kind of mix, mm-hmm. which kind of I think helped things on a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm going to try and jump in the shower. I'm going to try and labor at home as obviously as long as I can. I jumped in the shower. And it got to the point where Maddie was asleep. He just went straight back to sleep. Like what's his <laughs> Bloody <laughs> man. <laughs> Freaking anything. I'm like, yeah. oh, what? um. So he just went back to bed, which is fine. Um. And I was just in the shower doing my thing and they were getting so intense. So I remember at one point I was on all fours, just rocking back and forth in the shower. And I yelled out to Maddie. I'm like, Maddie, you need to come here. He's like, what? I'm like, you need to come here. He came in. I'm like, you've got to call the midwife. Tell her what's going on. These contractions are super close together now. Like super close. Like it went from zero to a hundred. Um, they were bearable. Like I could talk through them still. I could still, you know, go about my life. Um, but the shower was definitely helping. Um, and then Maddie called her and the midwife was like, yep, no, definitely come back in now. Like you need to come in. And she goes, if if you are driving and you need, <laughs> she's feeling like she's going to push stop and call an ambulance on the side of the road, right, that's the best thing you can do. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Something so <laughs> that's not going to happen. I'm like, we're <laughs> going to make it to the hospital. I know we are. So anyway, we get in the car. My mum's here looking after Logan. I, that was the worst drive of my life. Like I, if we live, like we live about 15, 20 minutes away from the hospital. So driving there was, it, it was, it was so brutal. I remember literally like I had my hands on the, on the car and one on Maddie. And I'm like, Maddie, there is so much pressure. And he's like, <laughs> you asked him now. And he goes, I'm like, what's your most memorable part about Millie's birth? And he goes, the pressure. <laughs> but like, it was just so intense and she was there and she was, she was ready. And I, it was such a mind game to not naturally let your body just push Mm. and to just go with it. And Maddie's yelling at me, do I need to stop on the side of the road? Do we need to call an ambulance? Let me know if you need me to call an ambulance. I'm like, just drive. (laughs) We're driving to the hospital and thankfully we get there. And I don't know if you've ever been to Fiona Stanley, but the parking, you've got to park underground and catch like a lift all the way up. Then you've got to walk across to the hospital. (laughs) Mind you, so at this point it was, so we got home at about 2, I think it was. I called my midwife at 3. We were driving back to the hospital about 3.30. We got to the hospital about, no, we got to the hospital around about 5, I think it was, Um, and We were walking from the car to the hospital, and I'm like, Maddie, I need to stop. I'm like squatting in the elevator, like, this baby's coming. He's like, do not do it now. (laughs) <laughs> like I can't control it. Um, so then we, we get to the hospital. Because it's like the hospital is not open, we have to call security. Oh, my God. It was like three points that we had to buzz. The same security guard at every fucking <laughs> It's like me again. Like, oh God, just let me through, like, for God's sake. So we get through the first bit. Then we have to go in another elevator to get to the top. I'm like, Maddie, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. He's got all the bags on him. He's like a trooper. He goes, we're going to make it. He's got all the bags. He picks me up. Oh, my
0: God, what? I can't even
2: mentally picture yeah. this. I know. And he's like running through the halls of the hospital. <laughs> I would love to see the surveillance cameras on Maddie running through the hospital, holding me, holding the bags. We get to the final one um, and it was because the where the birth centre is at, Uh, Fiona Stanley, it's on the ward of the birth, like the birth suite. So it's all connected. It's just at the end. So they're kind of expecting mums to come in needing help. So they're like pushing the button. They're like, let's go. And like everyone's (laughs) helping. My midwife is in there, she's filling up the bath they were like, okay, the bath's not ready yet. You can't get in the bath. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this baby is coming. So literally I'm walking through the doors. They're pulling my pants off. They're getting me like ready to birth. I get on all fours and they kind of, the birth center is so beautiful. Like it is the best space. It is, there's no harsh lights. It's all beautifully dimly lit. There's beautiful murals on the wall. Like it is beautiful. So where they put me on, it wasn't a hospital bed. It was like these, cube things that they make into all different shapes for you. So I think they're called like birthing cubes or something. And you can make it into a bed. You can make it into a couch. You can make it into whatever. So they put me on that and I was like, "It's, it's she's coming. She's coming. I'm like on all fours. I'm like ready to bloody push her out. Then they're like, the bath's ready. I'm like, <laughs> get me in that bath. Honestly, it was it that the water just takes so much away. Like it was amazing. Like mm-hmm. the if you ever get the chance to have any type of water in your labour or whatever, do it because it will, it's amazing. Um And then pretty much from there, so we got to the hospital at 5. Millie was born at 5.28. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, she was, she pretty much came like shooting out of me was a beautiful water birth. Maddie was there. My midwife was able to be to birth Millie. Um, the other midwife that was there, she kind of took a bunch of photos. So I've got so many photos. We we're supposed to have a birth photographer, but because Millie came so quickly. Uh, she was stuck at the bloody security door. <laughs> <and laughs> she had all the checks. So literally, I pulled Millie out and pulled her onto my chest and Chelsea came running through the door. Oh. And she. so she got some beautiful photos of us in the water with me and Maddie and Millie. And, yeah, it was really beautiful. And from there I pretty much, because it was the birth centre, we stayed for, we were home by lunchtime. Oh. And it was beautiful. <laughs> It was amazing. And it was the most beautiful birth. I remember just like it was just me and Maddie and Millie. And it was, it was all I could ask for and so much more. And it was just everything that I missed out on with Logan. I got it with Millie. And it was beautiful. And I, yeah, it was just the best ever. And I'm just so grateful that I did get to experience that. And that I'm so grateful that I trusted myself in the sense to actually you know be that voice for me and stand up for myself and say you know what no I actually know I can do this I trust my baby I trust my body and I can do it and I'm so glad that I did and yeah like I said it was just beautiful um so we went home with Millie at lunchtime we were home by lunchtime um her breastfeeding journey was beautiful too she latched and did beautiful um and I had no complications pretty much with postpartum. Like I had no seizures. I had Mm. nothing. Um, It was just really
0: wonderful. Yeah, Millie's was a great experience. And did you feel that, um, like did you feel connected to her more so straight away than with Logan? Um, I'm not sure if I It's
2: so strange because literally like you see in the movies, like that overwhelming, I'm so in love with you. Mm. You're like, oh, my God. I... It didn't have that with Millie either, but I de- genuinely had that time to connect with her. And I feel like with Millie, the entire pregnancy actually was completely different in the sense that I was constantly talking to Millie to like to tune into her and what she was feeling and all of that kind of stuff. And I really relied on that connection that we had before giving birth. So When I gave birth to her, I kind of felt like I already knew her. As silly as that sounds, it was just like I relied so much on our connection to make sure. So I trusted that she was okay during pregnancy, that I was doing the right thing, that, you know, her movements were still great. Like all of this was I was always, you know, tuning in on her. And so that connection time that we had after where it was just us, it felt like I already knew her and it was, such a weird feeling Um, but I never had that overwhelm of crying love like mm. I never cried when both of my babies were born like I feel like I I could you know what's so funny I cried when my sister my sister has a newborn and I cried when she had her baby <laughs> <And> <laughs> I
0: didn't cry it. with any of mine I know um, I feel like when it's you like because I like when I hear birth stories and I cry when people are talking about it but then when it was me I was like the same thing I think like I was in shock that it 100 yeah it, and I your didn't body has just came. gone through
2: the biggest thing it's ever gone through mm. and then you look at this human and you're like I did that. Like, yeah. if anything, with after Millie, I felt so freaking proud of myself that I did advocate for me and that I did, like, well, not only for me, for me and for Millie. Like, I genuinely look back and I go, Logan wasn't ready to be born when he was and that's why he had the complications that he did have. If we had just let him come when he was ready, I think it would have been a bigger, like, it would have been totally different. Um not necessarily with my epilepsy journey, but I mean, that whole part of it, it did change that NICU part and all of that changed my postpartum quite a lot. Um, But yeah, it was, yeah, Millie's was really kind of beautiful. And even my husband says like, he absolutely loved and adored Millie's birth. Like he he says to me now he's like I don't know why anyone would want to birth anywhere else apart from that birth center it is freaking beautiful I'm like yeah I
0: know now that you say that I'm like "Mm, I wonder how far I am away for if I have a second
2: (laughs) oh my god do it do it do it do it I do you know I always say to people no like you need my midwife like you need my (laughs) midwife because my midwife was the best but honestly I owe a lot to my midwife um her name's Tegan she's absolutely beautiful she's the best person, best midwife, best everything. And I, yeah, I owe a lot to her.
0: Mm, So good. So are are you, what's the age difference? Did you end up having two under two? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I did.
2: I did. So Logan was July, Millie was born in Feb. So they are 20 months apart.
0: Oh wow. And so how was that getting home having two babies? <laughs> uh, to be honest, we're pretty
2: lucky. Logan is a very good little kid. Like he's a champ. Like he yeah, we we're very lucky with Logan. He's very well I don't I don't want to say well behaved, but he's he's a good little little dude. Um I remember coming home from the hospital with Millie and Logan, it, it, my mum was home with Logan. And he was due for a nap and we got home and he was like, mom! he was like so distraught because my mum was like, I'll just keep him awake so he can meet Millie. And I'm like, that was the worst decision ever. He was so distraught. When he went down for a nap, we were all able to go down for a nap at the same time. So that was kind of nice. But from then, like it was, it's been, yes, it's come with its challenges. I feel like the challenges are more now than anything because two toddlers are <laughs> a bit hectic. Um But you know what? I feel like the age gap wasn't so bad. I actually quite enjoyed it. Like they were very, yeah, and now watching them grow up together is really great. They like similar things now. They play together now. Millie's so chatty now, so they talk to each other. Um, So it's really fun. And I think, yeah, I now like we definitely want a third, that's for sure, but we want to wait a little bit for a third. But, yeah, I wouldn't change their age gap.
0: Mm. And so when did you get into the sleep work? Did you start doing that while you were pregnant or with me or was it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I um, pretty much, again, with Logan, I put it down to my epilepsy. I put it down to sleep deprivation. So I really had to kind of start focusing on sleep and I had to actually physically make changes to help him sleep better to prioritise his sleep, to prioritise my own sleep. So it was imperative that I actually did put his sleep first in order to, you know, feel better and, and be the best mum that I could be. Um, So I started looking into things. I started looking into sleep. I started – I didn't actually ever need to get a sleep trainer, thank goodness, because – well, not thank goodness, we're amazing, by the way. But um, <laughs> yeah. he – he just always was a beautiful sleeper. Like I'm really, really, really like he's what we call a unicorn in the in the sleep world that just <laughs> will sleep through anything will do anything will absolutely adapt to anything. Um so I started looking into a bunch of sleep stuff and I started finding it really interesting. I started learning more. I started going, wow, okay, yeah, that does make sense. Oh, okay, yeah. Th- that all right, yeah. No, I'll do that. I'll I'll implement white noise. I'll I'll make the room as dark as possible. I'll do this, I'll do that. Um and then I started going, okay, cool. Like this all makes sense to me. Like it almost just made sense, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, why do more parents not know about this stuff? Then I started being like my eyes were open to all the, like there are so many sleep consultants out there. Like there is a lot. Um, and I started seeing them on Instagram and I started seeing all these accounts. So I started following people and learning more Um. And it wasn't until, so I think Logan was five months. I started working um, with a sleep company um, just as a VA. Like that's what I I was doing um, with Heidi at the time. And I started doing VA work, just getting back into work after having Logan. Um, And it was helpful because I couldn't leave the house to go to a physical job. So it was really great. Um, And I'd been working with Heidi for many years before that. So I... um, yeah, I jumped straight into that. And she was a sleep consultant and I learned so much. And I started stepping into helping families doing free 15 minute chats and giving them some information over that. Then I started jumping into other things and I was like, you know what? I could actually do this. Like, why don't I have my own clients? Why don't I start doing this myself? Um, And because I had that kind of, when you listen to a sleep consultant story, they go, I had horrible sleepers Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. Whereas mine is like, no, like, I had to look mm. into sleep because I, I physically, I, I had no other choice. Sleep mm. had to be. Um, so then when I had Millie, I think Millie was like a month old when I started my sleep training, like certification, and I started actually physically learning and taking that step forward to being my own sleep consultant. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, Millie was like a month old and then I started taking clients when I was ready um, and it just kind of snowballed from there, started my own business, which was really exciting, kind of daunting, terrifying, all of that in one. But honestly, it has been Amazing. It's been a game changer. I've been able to work with some beautiful families. Actually, at the moment, I'm working with a beautiful mom who has epilepsy as well, which is mm-hmm. so beautiful. And she found me through my story. And like that's just so heartwarming to me that I can help these moms that are in the same situation as I was. And she's pregnant as well. And I'm able to help her get that sleep she needs before she gets into that real thick of it with a toddler and a newborn and stuff like that. So it's such a rewarding job but like I said I needed to look mm. into something. so that's kind of how my journey kind of went how I got into it all
0: yeah and so how did Millie go because you said Logan was a unicorn yeah. what well, did Millie yeah. follow in his footsteps or- no
2: Millie is my freaking wild child she <laughs> is next level like this that kid listens to no rules and no person she <laughs> is just her own little her own little being um she was pretty good. She has, she's honestly been sleeping pretty well. Um, she's just had little hiccups here and there. Um, she's the first baby that I actually had to completely kind of sleep train, I suppose, in the sense where with Logan, yes, we we implemented things, but I never actually had to stick to anything strictly. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Millie, I actually had to put my foot down. And if you give that girl an inch, she'll take a mile. <laughs> and <laughs> I had to kind of put my foot down but she is pretty great she's not too bad at the end of the day she still sleeps really really well um and yeah she's beautiful but again she's the daughter of a sleep consultant she doesn't have a job.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. so how do you like because you, you have so much going on how do your weeks look like how do you kind of balance everything or juggle balance or juggle yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah i mean i have a lot of help from family and I'm so grateful for that. Like I do. I have a lot of help. Um, My mum is always willing to help. Like just this weekend, um, she came over so I could run a masterclass for all of my clients. Like she always comes over to help me 24/7. Um, they go to my dad once a week and my stepmom, which is beautiful. They absolutely love and adore my kids. Um, so they go there once a week. Like I said, it's kind of my sister has a little one now, so she's there too, so it's a little our, our family's getting a little bit chaotic, um, but it's so fun. Um, and then they go to daycare once a week as well. So I try and find that balance between work and mum life. I don't think anyone will ever find that perfect balance, but I try and work when they're sleeping, which thank goodness they both sleep at the same time now, um, which helps quite a lot. Um, But yeah, I really try and make that juggle as much as I
0: can, but it's with
2: a lot of help, a lot, a lot of help.
0: Mm. Um, So if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, like pre-babies, what would that be? Oh, my God. Do you know what? I was looking, I think, did you post this on your Instagram?
2: The other yeah, way? it's like oh my favourite question to ask oh people. God. I had a question. I had like so many things that I wanted to write and I, I literally wrote a comment and I was like, no, I don't I don't know what I'm going to say. This is too hard. I have so many things that I want to say. Um, I suppose, I don't know, the biggest thing for me would probably be trust your instincts and I say it to every, like all my friends, I say it to everyone that I work with and um, we get so caught up all the time in what she's doing, what you're doing, what he's doing and how Bobby down the street sleeping and all stuff like that. And with social media, it's so easy to get caught in so much of it now um, that we do, we tend to lose that that um, instinct that we have as mums. And it might be harder for some other mums to find than, than others that get into it so naturally. But Always try and find that instinct and stick to it because if you think there is something wrong, if you think you you know your little one's not ready to drop a feed, if you don't want if you don't want your baby to stay with somebody that you're not comfortable with, trust your instinct because at the end of the day, you're mum and you know best. And I was pushed not pushed around a lot with Logan, but I feel like I was so happily happy to please other people that I didn't think about us and I didn't put us first. And yeah, I really, with Millie, I changed that a bit. And with my third, I think I'll be even more confident to step into that even more um, and put my foot down, but just trust trust your instincts because like I said, it sounds so cliche, doesn't it? But you know, you know, Mm. deep down and always listen to your gut because you know the answer Mm. at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love that. My friend and I were actually talking about that yesterday because she's like, she's pregnant and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, how do I know what to do? And I was like, it's so weird though, that when you have a baby, you just like, you don't even like, I don't know, for me, I'm like, I didn't, I would get advice and like look on social media and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm like, this is my first baby, but I still feel like I know what she needs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And do what you feel is right. Like at the end of the day, if it feels good, for you and you're happy with it. Nothing you ever do is going to like nothing you do to love your baby is ever wrong, mm-hmm. right? So if you're cuddling your baby, if you're whatever, like feeding throughout the night, feeding on demand, whatever, if you you say no to someone coming over, if you know you ask someone to bring a coffee with them when they come, you are the priority and you know that baby best and you always need to feel into that. Like like with Millie, I mean, when she was, when I was pregnant with her, I really did try and tune into her quite a lot. And I do, I feel like I connected with her quite a bit, but it's so, that instinct, that motherly instinct is so powerful. Always, always try and tune into it as best as you can. Oh yeah, perfect.
0: Um, is there anything else that kind of came up for you postpartum that we haven't really touched on that you want to go into? Um. No, I don't think so. I think I with Millie.
2: Oh, I suppose actually, so so with Millie, I um, with Logan, I didn't get um I didn't get cut or anything, but I had some grazing, so I needed some stitches. That was fine; they healed perfectly. With Millie, I had um, a little tear, and they said like grazing, like they didn't even call it a tear, right? Um, but I had to get that checked by a doctor before I left in order to be able to, um, leave the, my midwife was like, I, it's fine. It will be fine. It'll heal on its own. She said it most likely will probably just be, um, cosmetic. And I was like, well, who's looking at my vagina from my husband? <laughs> no one. So it doesn't really matter. Like I've, I've birthed two children. I don't give a crap what it looks like. Like yeah. um, I, to, yeah, I, I don't care at all. Um, but the doctor came in and I was like, "Yep, yeah, cool. No worries. The doctor can have a look like they're like, you just need to get checked off. The doctor came in and she pushed in a, a hospital bed into the birthing suite, which looked so odd in um, the birth center. So she pushed it in and she's like, get up on the bed. I'm like, okay. She put my legs in stirrups. And I was like, this is weird. I'm like, why is she doing that? I'm like, whatever. Then she wheels in a cart with like needles, stitches, all of that kind of stuff sitting on the top. And I'm like, I'm not getting stitches right now. Like we've already spoken about it. I don't need it. She looks down and she goes, yep, yeah, okay, so there's just a bit down. Actually, no, she needed me to point out where it was. And so I had to point out where the graze was. So clearly it wasn't a big tear. Like it wasn't huge because she couldn't even see it. So I pointed out. She goes, yep, yeah, okay, she gets some betadine and she starts, like, cleaning the area. And I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? I'm like, what is this woman doing? And I look over and she's got like this giant fuck off needle in her hand. And I'm like, you are not. I'm like, so I'm sitting there. My husband's across the other side of the room. And I'm like, like, what is happening? And so I started crying. <laughs> I'm one of those people that doesn't know how to deal with me. So I just cry. <laughs> I'm like, can you stop? And she's like, what? And I'm like, can you stop? And she's like, why? And I'm like, I don't want stitches. I don't want to be stitched up. I don't know what you're doing, but I don't I don't consent to this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, where have I said, yes, I want stitches, come on in. Mm. I haven't. So like, stay away from me. Um, and she's like, she, her tone went from grumpy to asshole, And she, <gasps> she was fucking horrible. And she was like, um, what did she say to me? Something like, If you don't get that stitched up, it's going to cause infection and it's going to blah, blah, blah. It's going to be so horrible to heal and it's going to look horrible, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't care. I will pee in the shower. I will like bathe constantly Mm -hmm. if I need to. My midwife has told me who I trust a lot more than this woman (laughs) that I've never seen before. My midwife has told me it's fine so I'm going to trust that and I'm going to trust my gut that it is okay. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she threw the needle back Mm -hmm. on the tray she stormed out of the room, didn't say another word, didn't anything, and then I just got off the bed myself and was like, what <laughs> the heck did, what just happened? And I never had
0: one issue. Oh, my, my God, God, that's so good.
2: So that was, Millie's recovery was beautiful. There was no issue with Millie. Again, that tear that they reckon was going to be an issue was not an issue. There was no infection. There was nothing caused by that. Mm. Um and yeah, it was Millie's re- recovery was really beautiful. But yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing apart from that. Again, stick up for yourself. You are the, you control your own body. Mm. Um, but if I had just let her go through that, I my recovery, I can imagine would be a little bit more complex with stitches and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting to know. I feel like this whole episode has just been so valuable in standing up for yourself. I think that's Absolutely definitely what sad. I've learned. I'm and
2: so I'm- glad, honestly. If you can take one thing away. Just trust yourself and stand up for you and your baby.
0: Mm, yes. So how can everyone find you, um, your Instagram, your podcast, your sleep business, like oh my God. all the things? Are like- you ready for
2: all of this? So, <laughs> your pen and paper. Um, So I am, my personal Instagram is at Taylor Goldsworthy. You can follow me there where I post all about my life. Um, and then my sleep account is at two mum sleep co where it's everything sleep we try and make it really welcoming as well so any parenting style any like anything to do with sleep we want to educate you and empower you to make the decisions for yourself as well because again your mum and you know best so if you want to keep feeding your baby keep feeding your baby like do what you want to do um whilst educating all at the same time. And then the podcast is 2mums1pod and on Instagram at 2mums1pod, the podcast is a completely different vibe to (laughs) to everything else. So that is Katie and myself. Um, So Katie's my business partner at 2mums Sleep Co. um, Where it's pretty much like a catch-up with the girls where we just talk a whole bunch of shit. Like we talk everything. Like nothing is off topic. We talk. Like if you don't have a mums group or you just want that girl gang that you've been missing, that's what the podcast is there for. It's so much fun. Um, and, yeah, we absolutely love it all. So <laughs> that's where you can find me. And, yeah, if you've ever got any questions, I'm an open book, so always slide into my DMs.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today, Taylor. This yeah. has been so fun. <laughs> oh, I'm so thankful. Thank
2: you so much for having me on. And, I, um, yeah, I really hope someone took something away from it. Thank you.